before you have product, before you have product market fit, before you raise any capital, it's all about doing those sprints when nobody's looking, finishing, you know, hitting the line, whatever that looks like in your business and, and making it right. If ProBook ultimately didn't work out, we knew there was nothing else we could have done because we never skipped a sprint. We never went 50%, we went 100% every single time. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So if this is your first time tuning in, I want to take a minute to pause and welcome you into the Kelly family. And I want to let you know that we exist for you. So if you're an organizational leader, uh, maybe you're someone within an organization that does carry leadership responsibilities, or you're looking just to grow, shape, and, and get equipped with more leadership skills, uh, maybe you want to know what's happening in our faculty, what research is happening, what trends are taking place, or about to take place in business, or you just know of an awesome individual who would make a great guest for our show we would love to hear from you. The best way you can get in touch with us is to send us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I dot E-D-U. Again, R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I dot E-D-U. So entrepreneurship comes with a major grind uh, mentally, physically, you know, even spiritually. Heck, even if we take a step back from that, maybe you're just seeking after that promotion. Maybe you're trying to get a new department launched in your organization. Heck, whatever it is, there is moments, I call them sticky spots, where we are trying to navigate and getting success, getting the results we want. We're trying to go after this mental picture we've painted, yet, we work so hard and our expectations are extremely unmet when it comes to payoff. I'm talking what happens when you're working 12-hour days and you're trying so hard to get your organization off the ground and you're only met with one lead, two leads, maybe a client conversation, maybe one more couple lines of code done if you're a tech company. Maybe you're in a large organization and you just can't seem to get ahead. Whatever that payoff is looking like, it can get hard. But what happens? How do you navigate those sticky spots? How do you stay motivated when the payoff isn't just there? Well, we are going to focus on that conversation today as I am honored to be joined by Andre Herakis, the founder and CEO of ProBook Sports, the all-in-one video and team management platform for organized sports. Andre, welcome to the ROI podcast. Matt, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our honor. We're so glad you're here. And you know, this kind of question stems right to the heart of where you are as an organizational leader. And you know, before we get into you know, th your business and before we get into where you are now, um, I think it's helpful for us maybe to go back and to unpack some of your story to how you got to this place. So, you know, take us back to, you know, who Andre was uh, before Probic Sports. I don't have too many years. I'm only 23. So I could go back to, you know, high school and kind of early in my college career, I wasn't ever really focused on business. You know, I was more of the guy that 
was a football guy. I was a football player. You know, I wanted to get a college scholarship. The dream was to be the star. You know, every kid wants to go to the league. I knew I was probably an inch too short and a step too slow, but I knew I could probably get a scholarship to go to college. So sure enough, I did. And um, that's who I was. I, I tried really hard to be great at the sport that I was playing and um, was able to get a scholarship. So that was cool. You know, and even going just just stepping before that, I mean, we were talking briefly before this podcast recording um, as we were preparing for this. And, you know, you have a really cool story. You have a really cool story about, you know, your your high school experience, you know, how you got through high school and even the fact that you even got to go to college. So some of unpack mm-hmm. some of that, you know, talk about talk about um, how uh, you were able to get through and to uh, college, you know, given given everything stacked against you. I guess my upbringing was a little bit different in the fact that I, my, both my mom and my dad weren't a part of my life growing up. And so I think in large part, that kind of led me to having the perseverance that you mentioned before in the beginning of this, that, you know, it takes to really take a company from zero to, you know, profitability and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up on the east side of Indianapolis, you know, I was a Warren Central kid. So, you know, east side. And we, uh, I was, um, my grandmother actually, was the only one that was really there because in 2008 my grandfather had to move to Lima, Ohio, and so really that was when, like the recession happened. He had to move. They were still together and everything, but it was really just her and I. And so I think that a lot of what um, I did ended up pushing myself to you know transfer to a private school, and we got unfortunately got a voucher from the state, but it was for her. You know what I mean? Because she was the person that sacrificed. She drove me two hours a day to go to go to, to go to high school um, on the north side of Indy just so I could have a better education and be in a better environment. So being from one that my grandparents were really heavily involved, you know, in my upbringing, um, when you had having two working parents, um, who worked really, really hard, you know, to try to provide and give the best they could for us, you know, that I did have a lot of great moments in very similar. My grandparents would do, um, so much and I got to learn so many values through Mm -hmm. that, you know, so talk about some of, some of the, the values that you found in, in having such a loving grandmother. Um, and then how that kind of started to set you up before you even knew it for this organization. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing my grandmother ever, ever, ever did in my life was she never told me I couldn't do something. And she always tried to help me achieve whatever dream I wanted to achieve. And if that was as small as building a tree house across the street and the tree that, you know, I climbed as a kid and she'd go and give me some wood to build it. You know what I mean? And you know, never put it, she never put a limit on me because I think that, you know, raising a kid the second time and, you know, seeing obviously, you know, where her daughter went and just kind of saying, Hey, you know, if you do anything, I'm proud of you and I'll always be proud of you and I'll always be in your corner. Um, I think everything else kind of gets lost in the details, but those things definitely became who I was and as a foundation of who I am, um, that she was just able to just uplift me in a lot of situations. And especially when I was going through the situation with my parents, she was always there, obviously, and she never let me fall off. You know what I mean? She kept me you know, pushing towards those goals. And she said, you know, if you're going to get a college football scholarship, like you're going to make it, you know, I'll drive you to practice. I'll get you to school. Um, so I just kind of gave me all the motivation in the world to just keep going. And I think that's a great first spot to enter into. How do you even stay motivated? Uh, you know, talking to individuals, you know, we do work with undergrads and we have people who um, are in college. You know, we also have people listening who um, are well off in their career. So and I think these principles, you know, are, are extremely true no matter where you sit. But starting from the lens of where you were. There's a lot of situations in life for sure. Like everybody knows everybody's been through things, right? I mean, you know, whether it be, 
like not having your family or having, you know, a broken home or just anything is relative to everybody. Right. So, I mean, something small to someone could be actually big to somebody else. So I don't think that's necessarily the focal point. I think the focal point is understanding that, you know, your, your situation doesn't define you, you define your situation. And I think that's easily said like on paper, it's a little cliche, but you know, really what that looks like in real life is, you know, Hey, I have the opportunity to wake up and then work out. No one, no one's keep me in bed. You know, it doesn't matter in the next five hours what happens if, you know, you know, words are being flown around, the house isn't healthy, like you can wake up, you can get to work and no one can ever not let you do that. So you actually have a lot more control of yourself. And at the end of the day, you're the person that can propel you to the next level. And so if you have that perspective, I think it can really help you out when you want to do anything. You know, and that's something so striking too, because I think that becomes a mi- mindset of a lot of athletes, you know, following, and I'm sure this is right in your wheelhouse, you know, you, you being a college football player, you dealing with a lot of athletes and even still now, you know, dealing with coaches and dealing with players and people who are going after it, you know, that is, becomes a, a defining, um, men- place of, you know, thinking that really sets you apart. So, you know, talk about how you were able to carry some of that into creating ProBook Sports and even get into how ProBook Sports even got its, uh, where it came from. You know, being a first generation college student, I came into college and obviously I'm ecstatic. I'm there. We're rocking and rolling. We're the first inaugural football team at Indiana Wesleyan. So we walk into this, you know, $16 million facility, Taj Mahal, NAIA level. So, you know, we're not quite D1, but it felt like we were. And, um, you know, coming in, it's like, I want to excel in school, which I wasn't very good at school. I didn't graduate being very good at school. And I wanted to be great as an athlete, which I was an okay athlete, good enough to get there. And um, we had multiple different platforms. Like, you know, we used all these apps to, you know, manage. And I was thinking, trying to ba- uh, balance my weight was a, such a big thing. Cause we, the first time in my life, I received a weight goal. It's like, Hey, you got to meet it. So of course I'm doing like intermittent fasting. I'm doing keto diets. I'm like, dude, I'm going to get there, you know, low body fat, high muscle, and um, it was really just a combination of my coach using multiple different softwares to kind of get us to that next level that I thought, you know, what if we just put this on one place? It would make the life of the athlete a ton better and the coaches as well. And you said something really interesting, and I think it's a principle into this whole idea of staying motivated. You know, you were mentioning the... I'm going to paraphrase by saying you recognized your inventory. You recognized who you were. I mean, you just said it very, very plainly um, in a healthy way, you know, talking about how you weren't a great college student. Neither was I. You know, you were uh, an okay athlete, even though you wanted to be, you know, the best and you were striving to the best. You were able to recognize kind of where you lined up in the grand scheme. And I think it becomes really healthy in finding like motivation is understanding that, that inventory of, okay, who am I mm-hmm. and what do I bring to the table? Um, you know, so talk about how that kind of that mindset brought you through um, football and even get, getting you into, you know, being a CEO and, and a founder and now having to run an organization. Yeah. Well, I think that really comes back to you have to believe in yourself and a part of believing in yourself and what that really means and like an actionable thing that you can do is understanding who you are. Because once you understand who you are, you know, identifying, you know, I wasn't a great student, but I had to work harder to be a good student. And then I was an okay athlete, but I worked really hard. So I was able to be really competitive. And I think once you start to understand who you are, at least in a business sense, because you can go into a business and try to start on your own, you will not make it. You know, there's a reason there's co-founders. I mean, maybe some people can do it on their own and, you know, those guys are rock stars. But I think identify what you're good at be really, really good at those things and find those guys that are just filling those gaps. And then you guys can make it full circle. 
And then you're very open with your team about, hey, I'm not going to be the best designer on this team. Graham, you're going to be the best designer on this team. Carter, you're going to be the best finance guy. And I'm going to go out there and sell to my heart's content and make us some cash. Like that needs to be how you guys operate. And that's only possible if you're kind of, like, I guess, humble enough to realize, hey, I'm not perfect at everything, but I promise you I'm going to excel at these five things and that'll help you be successful. And that's, and I think that's incredible advice. And I think that does help you in getting motivated because you recognize instead of focusing on what you're not or where you lack, you get to focus on, no, this is what I am and this is what I can do. And this is what I will do, you know, to make sure that as a team, we can come together and, and crush this out and bring that level of passion. Um, you know, and so talk about the, the, the start. I mean, Obviously, jumping into entrepreneurship, A, is not for everybody, <laughs> for sure. No. And requires, I mean, it requires it requires everything that you have. Um, you know, so so start start with the motivation there. You know, what was the motivation to, to starting this organization, this company? So I tore my ACL the sophomore, my sophomore year of college, and I was starting the first four games, and I tore my ACL, and I never got my step back, so I lost football. Um, and I thought, I thought of pro book originally, like my freshman year. So I was, I was talking to a guy the other day and I was like, I was a little bit more of a entrepreneur, my, my freshman year, you know, I had this idea like, Oh, I got a business, but it's really just one document full of information that I wrote down one time. And then really after I lost football, um, I kind of took a step back and it was really special, honestly, because my co-founder Carter Dode had just transferred from Grand Valley speaking, you know, speaking of where you went to school, um, as a, he was, he's going to be a second semester freshman. And I was just kind of drawing on my mirror in my dorm room, you know, like what each pillar of ProBook would be. And he start, came in and asked me about it. And he was like, hey, man, like, you know, what if we start waking up every morning at 5 a.m. and, you know, really building this thing? And I said, absolutely. Like, you know, we're not doing 5 a.m. runs anymore, man. We're doing 5 a.m. in this, you know, the study room. And um, that in large part really just started the, the reflection of sports and starting a company have like a stark resemblance because it does take those off seasons. Like we always called the summer times our off seasons in pro book because at least whenever we were building it originally, because before you have product, before you have product market fit, before you raise any capital, it's all about doing those sprints when nobody's looking, finishing, you know, hitting the line, whatever that looks like in your business and, and making it right. And I think that you can look back on the business. And I always told my guys this too, and we still say it's this day. If pro book ultimately didn't work out, we knew there was nothing else we could have done because we never skipped a sprint. We never went 50%, went hundred percent every single time. And if you're okay with, if you can say that confidently and you're okay, like if this thing doesn't work out, then because we're giving it hundred percent, that's okay. Then it's probably going to work to be quite honest with you. So, yeah. And I think that's, that is so true because especially the part, and I want to focus in on is, is surrounding yourself with people who, when you do like, I mean, I have a hard time when it's just me trying to get up on my own to get into work at, you know, five in the morning. I struggle. Like I struggle hard. A lot of some, sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm good at getting, getting out the bed, but most times I'm a lot better at hitting the snooze button. Um, you know, so mm -hmm. talk about the importance of having that person, you know, in your corner and someone that, that, how that motivates you, but more so than, than the importance of that, you know, I want to know. How do you decide? How did you decide that was the right person for you? How did you decide that would be a good co-partner um, in this grand vision, you know, that you had um, as an undergrad? Yeah, I think it was like you got to find somebody that's as hungry as you are. And so, for example, we first started waking up, and you know, I would be 
we we were scheduled to be there at five. I got there like five forty five. I brought I bought my uh, my sound bar. We're listening to you know some hype songs right early in the morning. You know, getting hyped to just do this thing. And he would show up. You know, consistency from somebody is what you want to find in a partner and someone that's willing to grind just as hard as you are because they see that vision. There was a lot of kids while we were building ProBook in college, in college that, of course, they're like, no, this is awesome. You know, you, you guys are going to be big. I want to be a part of it. They're like, oh, but I don't want to get up in the a.m. You know, I, I don't want to, you know, well, what if we have hang out like at six? It's like, maybe we have meetings at six, we wake up at five. And so you got to find someone that's willing to be in those trenches with you. And you'll identify that really quickly because they'll be around those people that say they want to be in your company for about two weeks. And then they probably end up disappearing after a little bit. So consistency is king. And that leads into, I think, one becomes one of the million-dollar questions, you know, for this episode, especially as you get your organization off the ground. You know, you're you're hustling. You finally maybe say, okay, like we can do this, you know, but you don't get a paycheck, you know. And I'm sure uh, there's so many entrepreneurs out there who might who might embrace it. I can't say for all or what the, what the stats are because I don't know. Uh, this is just a wild stab in the dark, but I can guarantee you, there's at least one entrepreneur out there um, who thinks that okay. I start a business. I'm getting it off the ground and the money's just going to flow in the moment I hit go. Like the moment we make this thing official and we have our first official meeting and we do our first official business thing, whatever that is, here comes the money, get ready for the bank account. And yet there's no money to be found. And to be honest, there's no money really even to be found in the foreseeable future. You know, there's no hope of or anything. So talk to me, you know, in those moments when, when you where you find yourself um, and when you've been in those moments with your team and just even actually forget the team, just you as an individual by yourself um, when no one else is around, how do you find your motivation? What do you do to stir your passion so that, you know, you can keep pushing forward? Uh, I mean, first and foremost, man, it can't be about the money. You're not going to be rich as soon as your product launches. I mean, it, if we expected every coach to come knocking on our door the moment we the moment we posted on our Twitter that had like I don't know 500 followers that ProBook launched, that all of a sudden these coaches just flock into us it. like oh please I just need your platform right now we I mean it's the biggest pain point I have in the world even though it's a pain point like that's just not realistic like no one's going to do that and so money can't be your motivation um, you have to really love the customer because starting a business especially if you want to do like a traditional like tech startup or any startup for that matter. I mean, you have to love the customer enough to where you're willing to just please them over and beyond and grind for them, even like before they're like willing to give you any money for it. You know, we sold ProBook to coaches. We sold wireframes before we launched ProBook, like just like the pictures for like six months. We, we were on 120 sales calls with coaches to make sure like, is this something you guys are going to like? We weren't getting paid to do that. You know, my senior year, I didn't hang out with friends. You know, I, I, we're on sales calls. We're doing talking to advisors. We're trying to raise some capital. Um, you got to just be hungry, not for the money, but for the success. Like the idea that every athlete in the country could potentially take advantage of ProBook. If we're on hundreds of thousands, if not millions of athletes' phones the next six years, and they're using it, they're tracking the nutrition, they're keeping coordinated, and they're getting better at the sport and they're being the pro as our, as our slogan, like that's got to be what you're hungry about. And that's a long-term mission, man. Yeah. Money's a little bit more short, short term. And I think that stems even well to you. You know, we go back to the idea of what we're talking about, the taking the own personal inventory. And I think that's a healthy question to ask ourselves is what is the, the motivation? You know, what as an organizational leader, as an entrepreneur, as someone who's getting 
you know, into something new, what is that thing that is motivating me? And not lie, because I think, you know, we do, we do, we are so, um, we are so easily manipulated by the own voices in our head, not really by anyone else, but more so mm. than not. I think it's the voices of ourselves. Like we're, we can manipulate or lie to ourselves and say, no, it's, it's really not about the money or it's really not about this, but as a way of saying, no, actually maybe it is. So how did you drill into that? How did you drill into, you know, your motivation? You know, what was the heartbeat for you, um, at the, that, that got you up at five in the morning? What was it that made you, you know, when friends said, Hey, come hang out with us this weekend. Let's, let's play super smash brothers or something. And you're like, no, I got to make sales calls. No, I got to talk with partners. No, like I, I gotta, I gotta do this thing. Um, what was that? Like, what was that, that thing deep down that was really calling you to, to action? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it has to be like this complicated, you know, motivation and to be honest and not like, you know, like you just said, kind of, sugarcoated or say something that might be cliche. I mean, I just loved the product. Like I was personally an athlete and I built it from the perspective of that. So I just, I honestly love what we do and I love what I do. And I think like having that love and that passion for like, this thing can be awesome instead of this thing can make us millions of dollars. Cause if it's awesome, it's going to make you a whole bunch of money. You know, people are going to buy it. So that's just almost a given. Um, so yeah, it's being super duper passionate about what we're doing and how awesome it can be and how it can impact people positively. Um, and just being grateful to be in that position, you know, like there's not, you know, you can count, I don't know, there's probably less than 500 people in the Midwest in the college that has ever done something like this. You know, I don't know what the number is, might be more, might be less, but that, that opportunity is just too cool to pass up on. Like it, it, you gotta like it. It's gonna be awesome for you. You know, like, it's not all just grind. It's also like, man, I just love what I do, you know? So I'm going to keep doing it. I think that's great. Great advice to remember. Cause I think sometimes, you know, we, we do have the tendency to think it's all grind, all grind, all grind. Um, and we don't take a second to have fun, which, you know, I think leads a lot of guys to burnout. Um, you know, and, and, and I think too, it's talking about, you know, as you get into, you know, motivating yourself, and going through these and, and understanding, okay, as a leader, like this is what's getting me up in the morning and being okay with that and embracing that, you know, cause you're right. I think success comes when, you know, when you're doing something really, really well, um, you know, but how does that translate and how do you take all that and then begin to motivate your team? Because as you're aware, I know you are uh, being a CEO, uh, you know, it stops with you, you know, you are mm-hmm. the bar, you know, you, you raise and you set and you make sure that the bar is set at this, at this place. And people rely on you. Your team relies on you to, to be motivated, you know, more so than you rely on them. And, and I'm sure you do, or they don't realize it, but how do you, as a leader, you know, once you overcome that, all right, my personal motivation, how do you then turn around and, and harness that to motivate the team uh, that's around you? When it comes to motivating your guys, it's all about believing in them and Every single time you talk about the company, every single time you have a conversation with an investor, with a cl- with a customer, and you're bringing up those employees, those co-founders, they're the best people in your organization. You don't talk about yourself. That you should never have to tell people, I'm a great CEO. I'm an awesome leader. That should come with other people speaking that into existence, um, believing in them and pouring into them. Encouragement goes a long way, man. 
I mean, just saying, Hey dude, like I've seen you evolve from being, you know, an accounting and finance guy to hosting, you know, 102 meetings and dude, you're killing it. Like look at a smile on somebody's face, encourage them to be great. Because if you're encouraging them to be great and in turn, you're encouraging yourself, but then they like respect you. And so, and you also have the, like, so on top of that, on top of encouraging them and motivating them just to be great and making them believe they're great because they are, you know, that's the reason why we're here, we are where we are. You have to take, run through every brick wall. I tell my guys all the time. It's like, I will run through every single brick wall for you guys. I will run through first as long as you follow me. We need to raise money. I'll run through the wall. We need to get our first, you know, 50 customers. I'll run through the wall first. I'll make sure we get it done. As long as you follow me, we keep on working. We're just going to keep going. So take the brunt. Give all the credit to those guys and they'll work for you forever, man. You know, you said something that reminded me of a quote um, that I want to quote you on when we were talking about uh, getting you on this podcast and before prepping for this episode. You know, you said, uh, you know, it's all about being pessimistic in the short term, but being optimistic in the long term. You know, unpack that, you know, and how that relates to where you sit um, and how you even navigate through some of these choppy waters. The prime example is where we are right now. Like we, we launched ProBook just about nine weeks ago. And, you know, we're making sales on a week to week basis, but I want to be really pessimistic in the first, in like in week by week, you know, oh, we only made, you know, four grand, man, we should have made 10, you know, oh, we, we, now we're making around six, like, oh man, we should have made 15. And so what you don't realize is as you're being pessimistic in the moment and pushing yourself and nothing's ever good enough, the long term is actually extremely optimistic because once you do get six months down the line, you've been challenging yourself and you look back, it's like, oh, we made so much more than we thought we were going to make. But in the moment, you didn't actually realize it. In the moment, you're like, man, we're not doing good enough. So you'd be, be pessimistic in the short term, but you'll be you'll look back and you'll be extremely optimistic in the long term. So I got, as we know, we can begin to wrap up. I just want to know what's next for ProBook Sports. You know, where are you guys at? Where, what about you as a leader? You know, what's next for you as you begin to grow yourself and continue to stay motivated about the future? Yeah, man. I mean, I think we're really in the trenches right now. We're, we're, in, the, we're in big sales mode. Um, we're pushing towards automation where a coach can just come in easily and get signed up without having, you know, meet with a demo call and things like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just reaching our goals. We're, we're growing. We, we just added a new intern. I think we're getting ready to add a social media person and we're hitting our KPIs we wanted to hit. So it has absolutely been a long time coming. I mean, you know, to raise a round of funding is almost impossible. We did it. And so we're actually already looking forward to our next one and what we're going to be able to do with that. So, I mean, I, man, I really appreciate the time to kind of come on here and speak and have a conversation, man. This has been awesome. Congratulations again, Andre Herakis, founder and CEO of ProBook Sports, the all-in-one video and team management platform for organized sports. Thank you so much, Andre. It's been an honor and thank you for sharing your wisdom here on the ROI Podcast. Hey, thanks, man, so much. This has been another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.